Greetings, friends, and welcome to the What's Right Show Friday. Yes, Friday, we made it. The weekend is straight ahead. Sam Rajofsky here, the king of common sense, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Uh, pleased to be with you here. Um, I There is a piece that no liberal wants you to see. It is a mea culpa from a left-wing... Well, we'll call her a radical feminist. Dr. Naomi Wolf. No, she's not a medical doctor. But, uh, you know, she puts it there in her title, just like Jill Biden. Dear conservatives, the title of the piece begins, I apologize. Now, I, when I see these types of words uh, put out there, I will immediately, I'll tell you, it gets my attention. So I began reading this piece. Producer Robbie sent this to me yesterday afternoon. Came out on her Substack, and it's it it hasn't quite yet hit the mainstream current. In fact, expect mainstream media outlets to sweep this baby under the rug. Uh, Who is Naomi Wolf? It's it's an interesting question. She is a liberal icon. All right, she's born in San Francisco. She's a American feminist author. And journalist, uh, worked uh, for Bill Clinton, worked on the Bill Clinton campaign, worked on Al Gore's campaign. Uh, she's written pieces in the New York Times, a Guardian, and elsewhere. I mean, this is a very progressive gal. And some of her pieces, the works that she's written, uh, are well, they're they're pretty they're pretty out there. I mean, it's not the stuff that uh, typically I have on my nightstand. Uh, so this uh, this person, this gal here, Ms. Wolf, Dr. Wolf, when she's writing an apology to conservatives, I perk up. Quote, there is no way to avoid this moment. The former letter of apology, formal letter of apology from me to conservatives and to those who put America first everywhere. She goes on to say, that it's tempting for her to sweep what she has learned now under the rug herself to keep uh, herself from uh, confronting new realities and to just move on without ever acknowledging that she was duped. She uses that word. She says duped. Now, what is Ms. Wolf talking about as she goes on to tell conservatives that she owes us a full-throated apology. This is all having to do with the can of worms that have been opened up, thankfully, by Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, and Tucker Carlson by airing video surveillance that we have not yet seen that even the lawyers for individual defendants who are sitting, who are rotting in prison as we speak, have not seen. Quote, the proximate cause of this letter of apology is the airing two nights ago of excerpts from tens of thousands of hours of security camera footage from the United States Capitol taken on the 6th of January, 2021. The footage released by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to Fox News commentator Tucker Carlson has been eye-opening. 
while fact checkers, and she puts that in quotes, state that it is, again in quotes, misinformation. Remember, friends, we talked about what that word means. That's just stuff we conservatives say that the left disagree with, disagrees with. That's misinformation. Um, she goes on to say here, to claim that Nancy Pelosi was in charge of Capitol Police that day. The fact is that the UCSCP is under the oversight of Congress, according to their website, and she lists the source. She goes then to say, there is no way to unsee Officer Brian Sicknick, claimed by some Democrats in leadership and most of the legacy media to have been killed by rioters at the Capitol that day alive in at least one section of the newly released video. That's right. Remember, the power of the video released by Kevin McCarthy is that it's video. It doesn't matter a hill of beans what Tucker Carlson says about it. The only argument you can make is that there are tons of video and footage that might show other forms of confrontation. But, but, specific to exact allegations, for example, that earlier in the day, Officer Brian Sicknick was, Sicknick was struck in the head by a fire extinguisher so severely that he later died of a stroke. To see him walking around and just being seeming fine in minutes, if not hours, of tape completely debunks this. Now, this lady, uh, Naomi Wolf, goes on to say there is no way for anyone thoughtful, even if he or she is a lifelong Democrat, not to notice that Senator Chuck Schumer did not say to the world that the footage that Mr. Carlson aired was not real. Rather, and she, she is so spot on about this, rather, he warned that it was, quote unquote, shameful for Fox to allow us to see it. The Guardian, characterized by a publication that she has written for previously, characterized Mr. Carlson's and Fox News' sin weirdly as, uh, what did she say, as overuse of January 6th. Overuse. Isn't that what the press wants, is full transparency for all public interest events? How can you overuse real footage of events of national relevance? This is, of course, spot on. Now she goes, I guess she hedges herself a little bit, saying she doesn't agree with uh, Carlson's interpretation of the videos as mostly peaceful chaos. She doesn't think we should downplay it. But she then says, and this is very important, you don't have to agree with Mr. Carlson's interpretation of the videos to believe, as I do, that he engaged in valuable journalism simply by airing the footage that was leaked to him. Yes, exactly. And more to point, he demonstrated just how curated the other side presented their video evidence of the event. If the select committee on the events surrounding January 6th in the House run by Nancy Pelosi and her cabal of merry Democrats, along with What's his name? Kinzinger. Never can pronounce his name right because I don't give a rip. Adam Kinzinger. And, of course, uh, 
Liz Cheney, uh, accomplices to a two-year-long Democratic Party government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded propaganda smear campaign of Trump and of conservatives that they presented everything in a completely one-sided way, that it was never a truth-finding mission, that it was never an effort to get at what was real and what actually happened, that all of that is the case. Look, friends, I don't know how else to put it. Carlson in one week absolutely destroyed them, and this is why they are out for blood. This is why they, the Democrats, are freaking out. This is why they want to double down on misinformation. What's the other word that Democrats always, well, means something different to Democrats than it actually means in reality? Oh, yes, bipartisanship. <laughs> well, when, a, when a Democrat says bipartisanship, he means it's the political act of a Republican doing what, he, what, what the Democrat wants. It's not meeting in the middle. Doesn't work that way. Misinformation, same thing. It is... The word doesn't mean wrong information. It means information we don't like. So this uh, this piece, and this piece is huge. I have to, I cannot emphasize this enough. This is exactly right that even people on the left that still have some credibility are going, no, 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 no. Enough is enough. We got had. You, speaking to the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, people in the media, you – have deliberately misstated your case. You are engaging in propaganda. You are lying to the American public. Shame on you. And shame on me, as Ms. Naomi Wolf, Dr. Naomi Wolf says, uh, shame on me for buying into it. Now, for every one of Naomi uh, Wolf, there will be um, thousands of other Democrats who uh, just gloss over this and sweep it under the rug. But it takes a few brave folks on the other side to step up and say, yeah, we effed up, and shame on us. And this needs to happen with Trump-Russia collusion. This needs to happen with COVID. This needs to happen with January 6th, just to name a few important, uh, well, propaganda examples where the reality is, does not comport with the Democratic Party narrative. Sam Burjofsky, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. I'll be back in just a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Common Sense Conservatism here on News Talk 840 KXNT, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash, Injury Law. If you get hurt in a car accident, hire a lawyer that shares your values. 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Now, just before the break, uh, talking about Dr. Naomi Wolf. Well, she's a lib, uh, feminist, author, writer, a political operative, uh, definitely not in any way, shape, or form center or uh, center-right. 
I wouldn't even describe her as center-left, although, although, she is a Clinton-era Democrat. And I want to point something out here. There is a schism occurring between Clinton-era Democrats and the new-era Democrats. We'll call them Obama-plus, right? So in the Obama era, this, in my view, right, the difference between Barack Obama and Bill Clinton was significant. And while Barack Obama presented himself as this great unifier and somebody who was going to take America to a post-racial society and all this stuff, it really was a, a, a far greater of a radical than Bill Clinton ever was. And certainly today, politically, if we sat down and discussed the state of the world candidly with Bill Clinton, mind you, of course, if you have any attractive daughters that are under the age of 50, uh, leave them at home because it could get dangerous for them. But nonetheless, sitting down with Bill Clinton and talking to him candidly, and we have some mutual friends where I'm, I'm, I have it on good authority that this is actually the case, that Bill Clinton is aghast with the Democratic Party of today. Now, of course, the piece by Naomi Wolf was an apology to conservatives, feeling that she was duped over the Capitol uh, riots that occurred on the 6th of January. She had an awakening seeing the videos released on Tucker and uh, is apologizing. So I think this is good. We need more, more of them on their side to apologize. And again, no amnesty. Listen to me. I, I, I understand uh, that it is the Christian thing to forgive and forget and let, you know, you know turn the other cheek. Uh-uh. I want to be very Old Testament on this. Friends, I, I, I'm telling you, I, it's an eye for an eye. They need to pay for what they did. They need to pay for what happened during COVID. They need to pay for this, this lying, this propagandizing of January 6th. And, 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 and let's not forget, they did more to derail Donald Trump's presidency. That, that, I mean, the list from all the Trump-Russia collusion, the endless investigations, the obstruction, they set out, there were people in the government getting paid by us, the taxpayers, who set out to derail a president we elected. And why? Because they said he was an illegitimate president and that our votes didn't matter. And then when we dared question the following election, when all dirty tricks were pulled out, uh, were pulled forward and used, and, and the result turned out their way, then our questioning not our obstruction, our questioning of the result of the race was called an American. These people are beyond the pale. There is no defense of them. It is absolutely disgusting. So yes, when it comes to amnesties of any kind, F that. Now I want to talk to you about the new Democratic Party. Speaking of the types of people that would give old-school Democrats the vapors. Although they can't, by the way, this, you know, I'm mentioning Bill Clinton. He can't come out and admit this publicly. You do that, they'll turn on you. Remember Bill Clinton was, did Maya Angelou call him uh, America's first black president? Kind of forgotten that because Obama came along and re uh, <laughs> reclaimed that title. Uh 
Like, they won't admit that this is this is kooky stuff. But here, I, there's a TikTok video making the rounds. A lot of Democrats going, oh, yes, this is exactly, yes, thumbs up, like, 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 like. And it's... It's critical race theory for dummies uh, is the best way to describe it. Let me let me play this cut. This is an influencer, a Black Lives Matter CRT influencer, talking about how all white people, yes, if you're white, this means you, all white people, whether they know it or not, are racist. All white people are racist. Every single last one of them, all of them are racist. And I don't mean that to say like every single individual white person, if I talk to you, you would have some kind of racist ideology. I'm saying that as a white person, you uphold a system of racism by literally just being white. I believe if you're not spending your literal entire life dismantling racism, then you're contributing to its continuation. And people get so like, <gasps> whenever like I say like people are racist, like why is it such a big f***ing deal? Like, yes, you're racist. Like, okay, we've established that. Now what are you going to do to change it? Racism refers to power and race. If you are the powerful race in a society, then you're f***ing racist. Like, I just don't understand why it's so taboo. Let's talk about it. Let's accept it so that we can work towards changing it. We're never going to get anywhere if people won't just f***ing acknowledge it in the first place. This is exactly... uh very important for all of us to hear. And the most important line in here, and you'll hear this repeatedly by all these people pushing the CRT stuff. You'll hear the line that says, let's talk about it. Let's just accept it. Meaning, let's just accept that all white people are racist. And that's right. You white people, Sam, I think she's referring to me. I'm, Sam, you're, you're racist. Just admit it. Come out and admit it. And everything's going to be okay because then we can work towards changing it. So how, how is that achieved? Now, this girl, I don't know her from Adam. She seems like a pretty big dummy to me, just one of these social media types. But she's getting this from the intellectual leaders of this movement. And they are not dummies. They are taking a tried and true Marxist paradigm and have dressed it up in CRT in (laughs) <laughs> in race relation theory, the nicest way of, of what, what to call it, and, and are taking race as a means of redistributing wealth, prestige, success in society. Her statement here, we can work towards changing it, means that successful people some of whom happen to be white, are going to give up what they have earned to people who haven't earned it just because those people have a different color of skin. And the reason they want to do this, the reason that they're pushing for this, the reason that this BLM CRT movement exists is that they have found a way to dress up communism, socialism, in a new outfit that is a little bit more trendy and appealing in today's world. And in, in the process, by the way, they're out to start a race war. And they'll use that growing uh, conflict to essentially to further bolster their claims that, you know, but look at all the white people are racist. And they are, they are literally going to kids in school and teaching this stuff. If you have a student in high school, middle school, unless it's, you know, here it's, I don't know if it's some, you know, even in the private schools. I don't think they're teaching it at Bishop Gorman, but definitely there are teachers 
out there who are pushing this stuff. And, uh, and I'll tell you what they, they really want us. Uh, they want these kids to be turned upside down and, and to really hate their country and to hate themselves. I got to run. Sam Rajofsky here. Bottom of the hour. The What's Right Show will continue in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the What's Right Show, a dedicated Karen-free zone. Common sense conservatism delivered daily, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., Friends, I uh, want to alert you that at the top of the hour, Alan Stock from Vegas at 8, who was on this station uh, 8 to 9 in the morning, Monday through Friday, whom I have the pleasure of joining every Tuesday at 8.30, will be on again with me. We're uh, talking about a uh, a piece, uh, article that came out this week about liberal girls and how they're Mental health is tanking faster than any other group of teenage girls out there. Some of the reasons for why that might be. So you do not want to miss this. Alan will be here uh, talking to me, uh, with me about this. And his background in psychology and his common sense, I think, is uh, just perfectly suited for this topic. So we'll get into that in just a moment. I do uh, want to mention that in the news today... Big news, a major bank, the second biggest bank to fail in the history of the United States. This is a a, a big uh, deal. Uh, markets are, are down today. We're down yesterday. SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, absolutely uh, gone and out. The regulators this morning uh, came in and closed it down. People like Peter uh, Thiel had uh, come in and had suggested uh, that people withdraw their money, so there uh, appears to have been a run on withdrawals, and uh, now the uh, markets are reacting. Uh, This is a direct result of Donald Trump not being president. I hate to be this cavalier about it, but uh, there is – we do not have – I've said this over and over again – the economy is not what Joe Biden is telling us it is. And the Federal Reserve, together with Biden, they are messing this thing up. All Biden had to do was continue everything that Trump was doing. He couldn't help himself. And everything – you think this is any coincidence that Biden gets up and announces the largest tax increases in the history of the United States going after wealth – doing a wealth tax, not an income tax, wealth tax, announces his his proposal. Of course, Republicans calling it dead in the water, but all this coming out, it's rattling the markets. The Democrats do not care about your IRA. They do not care about your retirement. They want us all on Social Security. They want us all on Medicare, Medicaid. They want us all on the government, well body part that would promote dependency suckling us by the milk of Chinese money. That is what Joe Biden and Democrats want. So, I, you know, be very 
concerned, friends. I'm, I'm not saying that the world is falling apart, but I'm telling you the economy. If you're listening to Joe Biden say, this is the greatest economy ever, it's as laughable as when Governor Gavin Newsom talks about how many people are moving to California and how great it is to be there, as all of us here in Vegas are going, okay, the house next to me are Californians, the house on the across the street are Californians. Those people just moved here three months ago. Uh-huh, right, Gavin. <laughs> you are uh, whatever you're smoking. We want some. So there it is. Um, I'll be watching this, and of course, there'll probably be more developments on this next week. All right. Just before the break, played that TikTok BLM person talking about how all white people are racist. Racist, that's right. This week, Wednesday, if you think this is just limited, this narrative is just limited to some crazy uh, uh, TikToker, uh, you're mistaken. Uh, because just this Wednesday, we had a uh, hearing on Capitol Hill. Uh, the hearing had to do with... Uh, the depletion of strategic oil reserves in our country. You know, Biden's been basically dumping our reserves, our oil reserves, in order to drive down the price of gas to score political points. Something at the height of the war in the Middle East, George W. Bush refused to do at great political cost to himself and the Republican Party, by the way. And this uh, hearing, uh, the ranking member of this hearing is a junior member of the squad. This lady is uh, Cori Bush. You may know her, Missouri's first congressional district. She is a uh, Black Lives Matter activist is how she got into Congress, okay? Dabbles in some pastoring. Anyway, she uses her opening argument her opening argument to talk about racism and to attack one of the uh, witnesses that was called in front uh, to the committee hearing, which is Alex Epstein. Alex Epstein, by the way, is uh, a really a bright, a young, bright thinker. He is a writer uh, who writes extensively about fossil fuels. Uh, he's written a book, A Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, Fossil Future, and he believes that fossil fuels are essential for the developing world, right? Because all of this green talk, all these rich liberals talking about how we need green energies, they're literally bringing developing countries to their knees and uh, benefiting everybody who doesn't go along with the strategy. So at any rate, he was one of the witnesses. Cori Bush immediately uh, goes on the offensive here. And everything always with these people comes back down to race. But my Republican colleagues have unironically invited for-profit think tank and oil titans whose expertise is in maximizing profits, especially at the expense of our black, our brown, and our indigenous neighbors' health, safety, and well-being. One of these so-called energy experts is a philosopher who has previously espoused white supremacist views. <laughs> okay, how dare you invite people to a committee hearing in front of Congress that are concerned with profit? Do you have any idea where taxes come from? The way I understand it, pretty freaking clear that uh, the taxes is, well, except for this upcoming Biden budget, is based off of, off of revenues and off of profits specifically. Now she continues with this, uh, and by the way, by the way, you you this is you already know. 
They're backed into a corner. They just, all they have is to point a finger and yell racism. For, for instance, in his 2000 college newspaper, he wrote, quote, the African and American Studies Department has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented not as inferior to Western culture, but as on equal footing with it. In other departments, the same is done with Latin American, Indian, and American Indian culture, end quote. When confronted about these views over two decades later, rather than disavow them, he doubled down on this narrative saying, quote, it has nothing to do with skin color. I was arguing that those cultures overall are inferior to Western culture. We are not inferior to any culture, speaking as a descendant of one of those cultures. Uh, okay, I'm going to play Epstein's response to her because she he, the best thing you need to do as a conservative to these people is, is immediately push back. So I'm going to play it here uh, in just a moment when we come back from the break. But I, I'm, I'm going to give you my quick response to this. Culture and race are not the same thing. And there are superior cultures. There are cultures around the world today that are barbaric. There are cultures around the world today that, well, let's just, I mean, let me just be blunt, right? I believe there are some countries in the Middle East where they enjoy the practice of throwing homosexuals off of rooftops. So is that culture equal to ours? The left is bananas on this. They are so convinced that everything is about race and everything is so binary for them. Politically binary, I suppose I should add, that they cannot, they cannot get over themselves. And as a consequence, they totally lose the argument. And this is what she has to say about a meeting, a hearing that is being called about our strategic supply of fossil fuels that we need to hold in case of war. Because I'm pretty damn sure that our stealth bombers don't fly on batteries. These people are nuts. She is a member of Congress. What a piece of garbage and dumb, just dumb. <laughs> okay, don't go anywhere. Morons, I'll play you a- a- Epstein's response. This is Alex Epstein, who was sitting there, gets called a racist, basically, by a, a white supremacist by Cori Bush, a sitting U.S. congresswoman. Sam Marjofsky, The What's Right Show, back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Great news out of Los Angeles, a story that we've been following for a bit. You know, they've got a woke prosecutor down there, George Gascon. He, well, we don't like him. He lets criminals out on the street, prioritizes their well-being over tax-paying Americans, citizens of L.A. By the way, pleased uh, that we here in Vegas for now do not have someone like Georges Gascon. So at any rate, Gascon has lost a retaliation lawsuit, $1.5 million brought by Sean Randolph. She's the former head of the juvenile division of the DA's office. 
She claims she was sent off to the parole division for pushing back against some of Gascon's shifts to handling of criminal cases. <laughs> yes, Randolph is one of those prosecutors that doesn't believe we should just go soft on crime for the sake of letting criminals out, pushed back, and got retaliated against. Remember, last month I brought up a story here about a uh, prosecutor in Gascon's office, Shay Santa, who was suspended for misgendering and deadnaming a convicted child molester, Hannah Tubbs, who's now accused of beating a man to death in the woods with a rock in Kern County. And what did I say in that moment when I was telling you about this? I said, expect a retaliation claim. It's going to happen. According to the LA Times, there are about a dozen similar claims that could prove equally costly. Who pays those claims, by the way? The people of Los Angeles. Hey, kids, you get what you pay for. And elections, they have consequences. All right, Sam Rajovsky here, the What's Right Show on News Talk 840 KXNT. Um, hearing on Wednesday about fossil fuels, particularly our strategic petroleum supply, oil reserve, uh, that we keep in case there is war, there's conflict, so the military is able to fuel ships, fuel planes, tanks, trucks, vehicles, etc. Yeah, Biden's been burning through it significantly in an effort to score political points with the voting public. Uh, Cori Bush, instead of addressing the issue in her opening remarks, she's the ranking member on the committee, meaning she is not the chairman, but the Democratic counterpart to that. So the senior Democrat on the committee, instead of getting at any of this having to do with, you know, I don't know, military strategy and, you know, being in a place of security as a country. What does she do? She attacks one of the Republican witnesses, Alec Epstein, and calls him a white supremacist. And this is all because. I guess Epstein wrote an essay some time ago where he said that all cultures around the world are not created equal. Which, of course, he's right. Because as I mentioned, some places in the Middle East, they don't like gay people and they hang them or throw them off of buildings. We've seen the videos. Look, it's, you know, it's a fact. And I would make the argument, certainly, I don't know about you, that here in America, here in the West, we treat people a lot better and we're a lot more open-minded, and we have something called equal protection of the law, or at least we, we try to, pretend to. But at any rate, we're a lot more evolved than a culture that does that type of stuff, right? So here is his reply. I love that right away as he begins to deliver his remarks, he goes back to what she says and pushes back on this. Thanks for giving me a minute to address uh truly despicable and false attack on me, claiming that anything I've ever said is white supremacist and then trying to imply that that somehow applies uh, today. So I don't know if you want to put those cards back up, but what I argued and what I've argued for my entire adult life is that Western culture is superior in the sense that it promotes individualism and freedom. And I have fought my entire life for freedom around the world 
including in Africa, including in Asia, including in India. And I want everyone around the world to have the same opportunities that I do in the United States. There are different places around the world that are in many ways inferior. They have female genital mutilation. They have slavery. These are not as good as not mutilating females' genitals and not enslaving people. And so I make no apology. And the idea that this is associated with skin color is despicable and racist. Skin color has nothing to do with ideas. Where you came from geographically is irrelevant. What's relevant is what's true. Yeah, but here's the difference, right? This Cori Bush lady, she's a moron. I mean, she's a Black Lives Matter activist. Uh, critical race theory, reparations, rah, 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 AOC. Woo, woo, woo. That's her brain. If you, if you did a brain scan of this, of this lady, it, that's all that would be in there. Race, race, race. Rich people suck. Uh, environment, global warming, climate change. Uh, hashtag equality, equity, right? That's all that she's got in there. Epstein's a, a, a genius-level guy. This nuance is completely lost on her. Now, I, there, of course, there are liberals who uh, the nuance isn't lost on, and they're true demagogues. But he, um, you're, you're, you know, he, he's, he's just operating on a completely different level, completely different level. And as a consequence... Uh, brilliantly and succinctly explains exactly what is flawed with her argument. And remember, what does she do? In her opening remarks, she says that Epstein has previously espoused white supremacist views, direct quote. And she says that we, I guess she's speaking as a black woman, we are not inferior to any culture. Nobody said this was black culture. People, he's literally talking about countries in Africa, countries in the Middle East, countries elsewhere that do things that we don't think are right. And here's the real challenge, right, with liberalism is it, it, it started all, folks, remember the word multiculturalism? That was a big catchword when I was coming of age. Multiculturalism, all cultures are created equal. And it's the biggest load of lies and nonsense. And one of the things that we, you know, we, we, <laughs> that makes liberalism so uh, nonsensical is it professes to espouse and hold dear liberal values. What are those? Treating, I guess, it used to be treating men and women the same way. Now it's gotten a little more complicated because you've got men and then you've got kind of fake men, you've got women, you've got some you know, other women, and you've got all this other stuff. We don't even, can't, can't even tell us anymore who's what. But the point is, is there are values. And those values, I mean, they are live and die values because if you don't follow their values, you are out. You do not belong in polite society. But one of their values is that, of course, you know, you can't criticize another culture. And when that culture is completely and totally illiberal, now they're in an in a intellectual pickle, right? Now they're in a, we'll call it a bit of a conundrum because they are – uh, in a place now where they cannot uh, comport to opposing things. Yeah, that culture is exactly like ours, but wait a minute. Everything about that culture is something, it is an anathema to 
our beliefs. And so my takeaway from this, when I have to get through and explain liberalism, it is uh, nonsensical. None of it makes sense. It's just a lot of words and a lot of feelings, but none of it is, uh, none of it's there. So it's, just telling you. All right. We're going to have here, uh, just at the top of the hour, Alan Stockin. We're going to talk about this piece about kids. Uh, I want to talk to him. He's such a wise person in terms of parenting. Uh, I, I know his family. They are tremendous people. With Alan, what you see is what you get. I mean, he really is a solid husband, father, a great man. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. Not even pleased. I am honored uh, to have his friendship, and I, I love having him on the show. And, of course, I am on with him every Tuesday, 8.30, right here on News Talk 840 KXNT. So I, I will be on with him here in just a minute. We'll get through the news, top of the hour, and then I will be back here on the What's Right Show. Of course, any portion of the show that you missed, you can always go to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even the Apple, excuse me, the Odyssey app. Boy, that's a lot. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. I need to redo that order, Robbie, because somehow that is a tongue twister that is always impossible to get through. All right, friends, the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. And welcome back to the What's Right Show, 2 o'clock hour here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajofsky behind the What's Right microphone. Uh, coming to you loud and clear from our beautiful downtown Las Vegas studio. In with me today, uh, Friday, we, this is now two weeks in a row. This is great. The one and only Alan Stock from Vegas at 8. Alan, welcome to the program. Good to be with you this afternoon. Absolutely great. I appreciate your inviting me. Oh, it's, uh, it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. I, has the week treated you well? The week has been great. It's been a uh, very busy week and uh, uh, had a good show this morning. And now I was, I'm really looking forward to being with you because I know what we're going to be talking about. And I am very excited about this because I, my, my background is in psychology and I have a feeling about what's going on in the country and uh, the world. And I see it through both a political lens as well as a, a lens of, uh, of a psychologist. Well, I, I, this this piece I I sent this to you uh, earlier in the week uh, came out um, it came out yesterday so I sent it to you yesterday but it was a, a piece by John Haight uh, talking about why the mental health of liberal girls sank first and fastest mm-hmm. and and just before we get to it you know I'm uh, I have a I have two I've you know I have three kids I've got a son who's fifteen I've got uh, two girls twelve and ten. My 12-year-old, uh, we're very close. She's uh, amazing. And, but it's, it's that age. It is a very, very challenging age. Uh, mm-hmm. There are, there are uh, hormonal, physical changes occurring. It is, uh, you know, being in middle school. I, I don't know about you, Alan. When I was in middle school as, as, a, as a guy, I, it was terrible. It was the worst two years of my life. Um, 
so I, I, I mean, I, I, it's already without all of the, uh, well, uh, we, and we'll get into all the problems that we are self-inflicting on ourselves as a society. It's already a challenging time. Period. Always was, and I, I, you know, I have a. I have uh, because I used to live in California. I used to live in Orange County. It was a people perceive Orange County to be fairly conservative. It's actually not anymore, uh, and and particularly where I was living, it was a pretty left wing. And I had this these these people that are friends of friends, and and they have four kids. And I, just last week, uh, one of their kids, they're just so excited because one of their kids came out as trans. Two of their kids are gay. And and I guess one of them isn't, and I'm and I bring this up because it's relevant to this to this piece. I I'm I don't know if it's statistically possible for that to occur in one family on its own. Meaning, what external influences? And I I know this family, so I can I can speak to this. Uh, but I, I won't get into details, but I, not on this particular case. But what external influences are we as a society and parents, some liberal parents, doing to really confuse kids and mess, uh, mess kids up, and in particular, girls? So with that, what are your thoughts? Well, yes, I, I, I listen, and I, I think the, the word you hit on actually was so important, and I, Parents have got to understand that one word. It's external, external. There are two ways of being able to process the world. One is uh, through external type of feedback, um, and the other is through your own internal uh, sense of uh, what is uh, what is right, what is wrong, what 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 the way you have to go. Uh, how you go about your life is based upon the uh, what you. What the feedback you get from outside, or is it from where it's coming inside? And to speak to exactly what you were talking about a moment ago, um, so you, this one family, one's trans and two are gay, and the other is, is straight. Okay, I, I I get all that, and uh, the reason that a lot of this is happening, I think, over the last ten, twelve. 13 years or more and it's a lot of it's spelled out in the article there in various ways but it's because people become more uh, attached okay more addicted to the internet and the feedback kids are getting the younger kids are getting are getting it from various websites uh and there is tiktok and there is uh, instagram and all all those types of things but they're getting things that are based upon the whole world saying this is what we're doing this is and and, and they glom onto somebody that somebody groups that that have are, are are depressed in a certain way and uh they glom onto these groups and get the reinforcement from these groups one of the f- findings that i thought was interesting from here was this you, you talked about liberal girls um liberal girls, why they become much more liberal and even more depressed and having more problems over the years. If you look at the uh, the, the graphs and everything from the 70s through the early 2000s, uh, liberal girls are the ones who had more friends uh, and they had uh, friends on the outside. 
and uh, and then as time went on, they let those friends go more than other, any other group, and they uh, adapted or became more addicted, if you wish, to uh, the Internet. And the Internet from outside, again, told them what was going on, what was acceptable, what was not acceptable. And the result is is that these girls then began to um, retreat from society overall, but they also took on certain um, attributes, which, again, were reinforced from these groups from the, the, their, their particular apps. And they have had the problem uh, more than any other group, liberal boys next. And it's the actual conservative boys and girls who have, um, uh, have had that internal sense of, of developing what's right and wrong, what, you know, what they should be doing, that they have, uh, or have information, if you wish, uh, other words that they use as well. But that the conservative kids have that affirmation from in, internally, so they can are, are more comfortable with uh, what they are attempting to do. The other kids, again, need that confirmation or affirmation from outside, and that affirmation tells them what to do, how to act, basically what to feel. And that's why you've had a lot of the problems. It boils down to this. It boils down to the stinking freaking um, internet, which in a lot of ways is great. You can trace your family history back. You can connect with people that you knew back uh, 150 years ago in school and all that kind of stuff. That's great. But meanwhile, it has also brought, it's it's a two-sided coin, and it's brought its sense of problems big, big, big time, more than we could ever talk about if we had the next five hours to talk about it. Well, um, by the way, and uh, I don't know if you saw this. There was uh, an article this week that was uh, on the New York Post uh, that was uh, by Asia Grace, a, a, f- a female reporter for the New York Post, and she went on TikTok pretending to be a 14-year-old boy. Now, I realized this wasn't a girl. This was a boy. She was posing to be a boy, and she didn't – she created a profile just with that age and a fake name. And she didn't interact with anybody. She just let the algorithm feed her as if she was a 14-year-old boy and was completely passive, right? So she didn't interact. She didn't like anything. She didn't put in any, any other identifying features. And I, I will – I got to send this to you here. I show this to you. See, if, if I – the stuff that she put up was horrible. Guns. Bare breasts, uh, sexualized images. Um, this the TikTok in particular is designed to to get young people in and to uh, to absolutely turn them inside out with a dizzying stream of of stuff that their young brains are not equipped to handle. And it is, mm-hmm. and, and and I think a lot of people don't know this because they know you as a political commentator, longtime host here in Las Vegas. And uh, but but you you know your your background in psychology and you understand the science behind the child brain and you know how damaging uh, it start you know this kind of stuff is. Yeah, I mean, uh, what they yeah what what they do talk about is cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, which is when you start to again recognize uh, your own patterns and how you relate to those patterns and what you. Uh, choose to do and uh, uh, what's happening is 
a lot of the kids are being told that how they are viewing things uh, is is wrong, and they're getting this inundated, like you talked about her getting inundated with all this uh, with all this crap. And and the problem is is that the kids are buying into it. Now she did it as an experiment, and you know, standing back and watching it happen to you know this made up character. That's one thing. But what happens when kids are really in the uh, in, in the milieu, you know, as part of it all, and they're being told, no, you're, you're, you're wrong. Or in some cases, you know, kids going, I mean, I, I just don't look good in the mirror. I look at myself and I, and I, and I think that, you know, I, I don't like some of my features and other, other people start saying, yeah, you know what? You're probably, uh, you, you may, you may, have you ever explored the idea of thinking maybe you're the wrong sex, that maybe uh, maybe you were born in the wrong sex? Because that happens a lot of times. A lot of people go through that. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's more normal than they'd ever have us believe, and, and people are getting the sex change operations all the time. Have you ever looked at that or thought of that? Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. It's, it's, it's a fishing uh, expedition, and, um, and, and, they, and they pull people in. I mean, is it done out of being cruel or is it done out of e- evil or is it done out of uh, people wanting other people to be like them? Maybe a little of everything. But the point is that it's happening. And this is something that parents have to be aware of. Uh, can I bring up something else? Because Yeah, but we got to, if you don't mind, if we can just take, I, I got to take a quick, quick break here. And if you don't All mind right. staying through it, because you're on to something here. Because is, all they, they talk about play-based childhood, and that's so important. I, I, I do want to talk about that as well because that fits right into this whole thing. It does. It does. And it's the childhood that you had and that even I had to a large extent doesn't exist for kids anymore. So parents, all of you, whether you have kids of your own, your grandparents or an aunt or uncle, this right here that Ellen and I are getting into, this is important. You do not want to miss this. The What's Right Show, Sam Rajovsky with the great Alan Stock joining in today. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, the host, joined by Alan Stock, a morning host of Vegas at 8. Uh, Alan, I love uh, that we are starting this this Friday thing where you and I get a, get a little bit of time at the end of the week to chat about important issues. Let's not forget, before we get back to discussing uh, child psychology and all the ways that this world is getting dangerous for our kids next friday where are we going to be at this exact moment right now a week from today well we're going to be uh, 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 you know the what's right show is going to be broadcasting live from the emerald island grill at the emerald island casino uh i have been invited to be out there with you and i plan to do that as well as uh, ashley i know will be out there uh we've got several other people tim brooks the owner operator of the emerald island casino and rainbow club uh, uh will be co-hosting with us he'll be joining us and of course it is saint patty's day which means uh, probably people will be passing around some drinks and, you know, I mean, we'll be feeling good. It'll be a, a fun time, big party, Emerald Island Casino next Friday. It starts at 12, but the show 1 to 3, please join us out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. Um, yeah, and I, I, yeah, you mentioned Ash Watkins, 
my law partner here at Sam and Ash Injury Law is going to be there. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, an absolute wonderful evening. I always enjoy going down there and being on historic Water Street. So we'll broadcast live, and, and that should be a fun, fun show. Looking forward to it. It'll be great. All right, so just before the break here, and, and um, got a quick segment here uh, at the bottom of the hour, but we, I've got, I'm talking about this uh, this piece that came out uh, that I think is very, uh, very interesting. Uh, and it has to do with liberal girls being more unhappy than conservative girls. Now, teenage girls, right? And and we're starting to talk about some of the reasons for why that is. Um, you were about to get into that just before the break. Well, the, the idea of how, again, what controls us, uh, the what they call locus of control, it's kind of the affirmation of what we're doing. Um, you know, it can either be like uh, external or internal. And uh, what has happened over these last 10, 12, 13 years or so is that uh, a lot of kids, uh, boys and girls, have found a lot of the affirmation or that control coming from the outside, externally, uh, instead of internally, uh, the liberal girls more so. And we can talk about that some other time because that's a whole other issue. But still, uh, it, it depends on whether you're getting that control from the outside or the inside. And, and to that point, let me just say, I, I grew up in an era in the 50s and early 60s when we... Uh, our, our parents would say, go out and have a good time. Ride your bike. Uh, my mother would leave the front door unlocked. Uh, well, it was open and the screen door was unlocked. And I would come home with my friends, come in. Uh, we wouldn't come in to have a drink of water. We would take it from the hose outside. How we survived, I don't know. But we would come in. I'd bring friends in. She'd make lunch. I'd go to other people's house. The, their parents would make lunch. I mean, during the summertime. I mean, this is how life was. We it was it was it was a great time. Uh, we went uh, into playgrounds and we went uh, and did things that we you know besides the, the slides we had all the other uh, rings and things we would have. We'd fall off. We'd get hurt sometimes. And uh, and and all this was going on. And today that play based childhood, uh, play based childhood is the other issue to this thing. That's been basically taken away. I mean, and it's been taken away by American parents, British, Canadian, and I think probably to a degree maybe Australian parents too. Uh, they stopped letting their kids play outside, explore, be unsupervised. There's a paranoia going on, and, and I understand. I mean, there are more crazies today, uh, people who want to uh, um, uh, kidnap kids, and you have to be concerned. I understand that. But as a result of the change in times, we've had that loss of free play. Uh, Self-supervised risk-taking is has basically been blocked. And that, of course, has wound up blocking the normal, healthy, internal sense of how you affirm or control your life. Because we used to make those decisions for ourselves. And again, I heard somebody say the other day, you know, I... I, I um, I, I died when I was five years old. My mom told me to get up and just shake it off. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> that, 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 yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that kind of thing um, that doesn't happen today. And today there's much a greater sense of control and kids are not allowed to um, develop that internal sense of control. 
and this is a crime. There are a lot of, and again, uh, we get into political discussions about how these things have got to be changed. There's a lot of things, I think, in society that have got to change. But we're talking about the basis of what I think is the root of, of, of the problems that we have today, especially with young people, and especially when they're saying things like, you're the family you know. We have two kids coming out as gay, one as transgender, out of a family of four. I'm sorry, what was that? This never happened when I was growing up at all. And I'm not saying kids weren't gay back then, but the idea of this transgender BS crap um, sickness uh, is, is out there and it's, it's being fostered among a whole generation and uh, so many, hundreds of people are now trying to detransition and uh, that's causing problems for a lot of people. So, yeah. I mean, we're uh, in a different world. We are. Uh, and again, I just we're going to have to uh, run here. I hope you can stay with us uh, through the break because this, is, this sure. is a fascinating discussion. I think it's so relevant for anybody who has kids or, or has grandkids or, you know, this is uh, – and also just the rate, having kids be brought up the right way mm-hmm. guarantees the future of our society. Um, and right now we're we're not in a good place for that. And to your point about running around and being outside, that has been replaced with drugs. So the idea is right. And I, I just recently saw a piece. You know, I've I, when I was a kid, the the the, the Ritalin thing was just starting. You know, so you have a hyper kid, give him drugs, and ah, you know, my parents and grandparents and great grandparents. If you had a hyper kid. You, if he got too hyper, you smacked him, but generally you told him to go run outside and go, go run around the, 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 you know, the park and go play and come back inside tired. And, and that was, that was the solution for it back in the day. And it, it, it actually led to a a significantly greater bit of happiness. So it's not only the drugs. Let me just say it's also, by the way, today, also here's your cell phone. And 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 or your tab or, or iPad Tablet. or whatever. Oh, oh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and it starts by the way. I uh, I eat across out across this town all the time. Yeah, in restaurants. I got we're up against the clock here. And the parents that just hand their two year old the iPad so they'll shut up. It yeah. is the absolute oh, worst. Alan, stay with me. Hang in with yeah. me here. The What's Right Show will continue after this. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. And welcome back, friends. Uh, The What's Right Show here on News Talk 840 KXNT, your 24-7 sanity lifeline. And I say it's 24-7 because although... I am on air just from 1 to 3, Monday through Friday. The podcast is always available. Find What's Right Show. Search for that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or even the Odyssey app. That's right. Subscribe and you can get this show anytime you want. Now, with me today, uh, Friday, we've now done this. This is our second week in a row, and we're going to do it again Again, next week, live from the Emerald Island Casino yeah. in downtown Henderson, Alan Stock from Vegas at 8. Alan, thank you for being on with us today. No, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. Especially, uh, this is, 
It's my bailiwick. This is what I love to talk about. Well, we, I think it's so important. Go ahead. Now, when we talk about, I always say that this program is common sense conservatism, right? And, and there's nothing more common sense than getting back to the basics of raising kids. And this piece, this article that we were talking about earlier about these uh, – that liberal girls, they're overall relative to other girls and families that are conservative, for example, their, um, their mental health is dropping fast and, and – you know, in relative and actual uh, measured numbers. And we're talking about the reasons why. And, you know, just before the break, kids, you know, no longer are running around outside, are not are moving, are not exercising. They're in lieu of that. If they've got the wiggles, they're given uh, drugs. They're getting handed iPads. Here's an iPad. Watch a, a whole run of, of videos. Keep the kid occupied. Parents don't want to be bothered, etc. And so I, you know, I, I think all of that is an issue, but I, I also, I also think that there's something to be said. I remember when I was, uh, when I was in school and it was just starting around my middle school year. So this would have been, let's call it 92, 93, you know, Bill Clinton era. And it was the idea of global warming and the, the intensity with which my school, my teachers, wanted to scare the living hell out of me, that if I did, basically, I was told it was all but out of my control, that bad people doing bad things were going to bring about the end of the planet as we knew it. And by the way, back in 1992, 93, they were making projections that were 15 years out, 10 years out, that obviously never happened. These people are crazies right but they were scaring kids and they're doing even more of that now they're indoctrinating kids on environmental destruction they're threatening people with with saying this racism everybody's racist they're pointing to high school kids they're telling white kids you are inherently racist they're putting them in these privileged walks you know take a step foot forward you know or step back if you've got two parents that went to college all this stuff singling out kids at a time when they are at their most vulnerable, and it is all for these educators that are out there doing this stuff, all for their ideological, uh, you know, benefit. And it, it's th- this is also a component of this. You know, my my kids at home, they ask me about what do I think of global warming. I tell them the truth. You know, temperatures have risen and fallen over the centuries with no input from man. Uh, this is a fact of life. Things occur in cycles. We're going to be fine. And so they go to sleep and they don't think about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, Alan, their liberal friends go home and listen to their parents regurgitating what they heard on MSNBC. Those kids are lying awake. I mean, at night, I know some of this because my, my kids tell me this, laying awake at night worrying that the planet's going to end. So I, I, I mean, there, the alarmism, the, there's always an emergency because, of course, it's pretext for getting – change and for us to give up things in life and to build political power for the left but it involves in scaring us same thing with covid i mean look at that how many kids were terrified to death about covid by their liberal parents when they their conservative friends went home mom goes look you're fine you catch covid and you could catch it 10 times and you'll be okay go out and play 
What do you think? Well, yeah, my my mother would take me to uh, uh, homes of uh, other kids who had chicken pox and measles, <laughs> right. and they would have me play with them purposely, so I would get it, and I did, and uh, and then I would build up that immunity. So, I mean, again, we grew up in a time that was based on common sense. Um, I mean, I, I'm just saying common sense, not just conservative, but common sense overall, common sense. And that's why, uh, and, and this study, it's not just that I, uh, I, I'm focusing in my mind on the, uh, the girls, the liberal uh, white girls who are becoming, you know, more um, withdrawn from society and having more uh, emotional and psychological problems. But this is a problem for all kids, uh, and it's even affecting, you know, maybe conservative kids to a lesser degree. But it's impacting all of the, this whole generation from 13 years ago or so, uh, uh, roughly, uh, until now. And it's not going to stop until we do make some changes. And um, one of the things that they recommend, by the way, and I, I just want to say this because I happen to agree with it entirely, is, uh, and I'm going to give it to them, it's time we started treating social media and other apps designed for engagement like addictions, like alcohol, tobacco, gambling, because they can harm society as well as their users, perhaps like automobiles and firearms. And I think we do. I mean, you said about you going to a restaurant and here, here's your iPad to the little kid and now the parents can, what, talk? Well, probably getting their own iPhones and doing that stuff. You know what, that put that stuff down and uh, have family time again. And again, if you want kids to be on this, the social media and on online, monitor what they do, our daughters, uh, have our grandchildren, and they uh, they all get online, but they uh, are restricted where they can go. It's all set up ahead of time, and they monitor everything. They make sure what's going on, uh, and uh, there should be, I think, laws set up where uh, there should be a minimum age for minors to sign contracts and open accounts uh, without explicit parental consent. And that age ought to be way up there, 16, 18 maybe, you know. For social time. media accounts. Yeah, and, and by the way, or requiring parents to have, to have full oversight and be responsible for the content that their child sees. Absolutely, 100%. But, uh, so it's twofold. One, we do want, I, I do want the laws, I'll be honest with you. But that's secondary because, first of all, parents have got to take the bull by the horns. They've got to take the responsibility of being the ones who are the primary raisers of their kids. I don't care what, what the woke people say and the, uh, all the other people are saying, CRT and all that. Uh, I, what I care about is the fact that if you want your kids to be raised and turn out with some sense of um, common sense, integrity, and responsibility for their own lives. Yeah. You better take responsibility for your kids right now while they're growing up. Yeah. Don't put it off on anyone else. Because if you don't take response, if you don't raise your kids, the, the, their friends – and and now social media will raise your kids for you. And there's a great book. I don't know if you've read it, Alan. It's uh, not, I'm gonna put it on the spot here. Helen Joyce wrote a book called Trans: uh, When Ideology Meets Reality. And she is a data person. She was the Economist's Brit, uh, Britain desk editor. She she's not a a, a a political person or a psychologist. She gets into the data, and 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 really debunks 
much of what uh, the the left is putting out there about this 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 trans stuff, particularly with kids. And she talks about uh, studies, uh, you know, that look at communities where there is a school of a thousand kids, for example, and all of a sudden there is an explosion of trans identifying kids that are that are. There's like 200 kids, right? So it's a fifth, let's say, of the population, girls particularly. And she attributes this to a phenomenon called social contagion, which, of course, affects other disorders as well, such as you know eating disorders and the like. So, so I – just here in the minutes that we have remaining, because I know your time is precious, I, I want, I want your rea- reaction to that because, again, if you as a parent don't have influence over your kid, if you're not parenting them, if you're not talking to them, if you're not – Frankly, if you're not restricting them from things that they are too young for, it'll get supplanted by the community that they have. And that community is broader and more dangerous than it's ever been because particularly of social media and how fast that information can travel. Yeah, real quickly, I just want to say you, you alluded to it earlier a little bit about what, why some of this is happening. I, there's a, a Marxist concept uh, and, a, and a, a concept that goes along with Marxism way, way, way back, which is if, if you want to, if you want a new society, you don't, you don't just change the society here. You destroy the one you have, and then you rebuild one brand new. Otherwise, it's not going to be true to whatever you want. And I think that's what is going on today. And uh, I think that's what we've got to be aware of. I, I mean, if you want to talk about, it's not just political, it's social. And it, it, it's parents have got to be aware of this and take responsibility. So when people say, are you doing that with your kids? Really? You say, look, you say, yes, well, you're not. Well, no, because my kids, you know, they, they, they should have that sense of autonomy and do what they want, you know. <laughs> and I just, no, you're not, you don't, you're not aware of what your kids are doing. Well, I just trust them and everything. I mean, okay. You know, I, I, Again, it's a difference about uh, how you're going to interact with your kids. I think parents should be there for their kids, um, and yet you do give your kids enough space to be able to go out and fall down and, and scrape their knee and not think it's the end of the world and, oh, my God, we've got to you know, have an operation or something like that. No, you scrape the knee. You put a little Bactine on it, whatever that we called it back then. I don't know what they call it now, and, and, you, and, and you move on. I mean, this is... This is how it's, it's, it's got to be done. We've got to go back. Uh, listen, they're bringing back vinyl records now instead of CDs. So if we're hearkening back to the era of vinyl records, which, by the way, I have millions of them, we do that. Let's bring some common sense back when it comes to raising our kids. Amen. Alan, I couldn't have said it any better. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Absolutely great. Um, you have a great weekend. Thank you for having me. Uh, we'll do it on Tuesday, I know, and next Friday at the Emerald every Island Tuesday, Casino. Every and, Tuesday I'm on with you, and I, I love our time together. Always a pleasure to come on your show. So those of you who, who, who haven't listened to me on Alan's show in the mornings, 830 – uh, every Tuesday morning is, is when I'm on with, with Alan. Of course, Alan is on 8 to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday, right a. here. A.M. A- a. I mean, a.m. A.m. I'm saying morning. And I'm, I'm saying sleeping p. by then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's on every morning, 8 to 9, right here on News Talk 840 KXNT. And, Alan, I appreciate your friendship and your, your guidance and all your support uh, over the last few years. It, you are, it's you're absolutely reciprocal. It's reciprocal. And next Sunday, next Friday, we're going to be out at the uh, week, you know, a week from today. We'll be out at the Emerald Island Casino uh, from one to three, and PM. that's going to be a blast. You, I don't think you've seen it out there on St. Patty's Day. It's wild.
Should people wear green? Yes. When I was a kid, if you didn't do that, I know if you didn't wear it, that you, you people pinched you. And I don't know why that happened. That's how it was. And I know today you go, oh, my God, they assaulted him quick. Lawsuit. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, wear green. I got a great green tie that I'm going to wear. It's a uh, it's a St. Paddy's Day tie. So, uh, yes, wear green. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, harken back to the days of common sense. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Ha- have a great weekend. Thank you, Alan. The Sam Marjofsky here. The What's Right Show will be back in just a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, your favorite cisgender radio host. That's right, live and local from beautiful downtown Las Vegas, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Great always having Alan Stock on. Uh, We did this last week, and again, we'll be on with him live coming uh, this next Friday uh, for St. Paddy's Day. Uh, That's going to be a a great show. I, I didn't get around to playing the clip, but speaking of the simplicity of life, Once Upon a Time. This is from the late 70s. He did this song quite often. You'll remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Perhaps this is a show that you yourself watched when you were a kid, or perhaps your kids watched it when they were kids. Certainly, we have come a long way from popular child programming to be, well... To say something like this. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Can you imagine that being... I mean, how can that that even exist on YouTube anymore? It's completely transphobic. The fact of the matter is that it is the essence of being a kid and even more so the essence of being an adolescent to be confused, to experiment, to wander, also to require and to need uh, some guide rails. And what we're doing right now in our society is we've removed all all guide rails, all expectations. You know, just we let the kids, you know, make decisions for themselves. Oh, little Johnny decided that he's a a, a girl. (laughs) Oh, how old is little Johnny? Oh, he's three. Well, listen, uh, I've told you guys many times my, my daughter thought she was a dog for the longest time. Uh, his name was Oscar. She ran around the house pretending to be Oscar, and thankfully, her mother and I never thought, well, geez, you know what? Our three-year-old can make great decisions for herself. Why don't we just take her down to a um, species-conforming clinic and have a, a tail attached to her and some shaggy ears? No, we let her do it because it's, it's make-believe. It's play. 
And by the way, you know, I mean, is, is, is it wrong to let a, a, a kid play and pretend to be a girl if he's a boy? No, probably not. I don't know. I don't think it's anything wrong with that. But to take it seriously and to, at a, at a very young age, 8, 9, 10, uh, to start taking life-altering drugs that will prevent that child from ever forming fully and being able to experience, for example, orgasms, things like this that they later in life will need to be healthy, to be functioning adults. I, this is, to me, this is absolute insanity. It's all being done in the name of being progressive and of being woke. And I will tell you, I think, while I fault, of course, the doctors and the activists that participate in this the most, I, I, one of my, uh, my other, my other uh, at-fault parties here are the parents. And I, I, not here in Vegas as much, but I, trust me, in L.A., it is social currency if you've got a gay kid, a trans kid, whatever. If you, are, if you are a parent and your kids are all just boring and do well in school and aren't neurodivergent, um, then, you, you know, you're, you're, you're like, you're not in at the parties, right? Now, the good news is I always had parents, and you probably did as well, parents who, when you were being raised, they didn't care about how the outside world perceived them. That wasn't a priority. But weak people in our society are desperate to please others and are desperate for relevancy. And some, some are achieving it at the expense of their kids. And by the way, the trans thing is just one component of it. There's all sorts of other things. I, I, I remember, it's part of the reason why we frankly are very happy to have moved to Las Vegas where less of this is the norm. And uh, I, I honestly, I, I, people here are, are phenomenal. But there was a lot of, you know, a lot of parents they wanted to live vicariously through their kids, permitted parties in the house when the kids were in high school and let things get outrageous and out of control. They were reliving their own childhoods. That's what these parents were. These adults were acting more like teenagers than their kids, and they were encouraging all sorts of destructive behavior just for their own enjoyment. And so here's my take on all of this. To credit Mr. Rogers, boys need to be boys, girls need to be girls, and men, you need to be men. You need to be dads. You need to be strong. You need to to be okay with disciplining your kids. There is nothing worse than lowering expectations, whether on a societal or on a family home level. Nothing good comes of this. So I'm glad that Alan had some time to come on and talk. He, he has a, a, a great insight to this, to this stuff and a, a reminder that, you know, again, it's, it's everything. It's the, sol- the solution to happiness is actually quite simple, and it comes from not complicating things, sticking to the basics, getting exercise, getting some fresh air, getting some sun. And staying off social media for as long as you possibly can. My son came home and said, two girls asked me if I have a Snapchat. I need a Snapchat. I can't interact with these girls if I don't have a Snapchat. Eh, forget it. You ain't going on Snapchat until you're 30. All right, Sam Rajovsky here. Have a great weekend. Enjoy, friends. I'll see you back here on Monday. The What's Right Show, over and out. <laughs>